Good evening. Welcome to Shifting Gears. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Isaac. And uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about what makes a good car. What makes a good car? I can't hear anything, Paul. Well, that's because you're uh, our headphones. You're not even plugged into our headphone splitter. Oh my gosh! See, someone, our headphone splitter does suck. Uh, someone should buy us one and send it to us. One of our five listeners, please buy us a five ninety nine head splitter. Headphone splitter. Head, we don't want to split our heads. No, headphone splitter off Amazon and mail it to us. We if will you love you. Email us. We will send you our postal address. Mm-hmm. And if you send us one, we will give you a Shifting Gears sticker, sticker mm-hmm. you can put on your vehicle. Or if you just want a Shifting Gears sticker, email us. We'll get email you one. Email us as well, yes. So, uh, Isaac, you had a shout-out you had to do this week. Yes, we have a shout-out to one of our faithful listeners from the beginning. Yes, he's both mine and Isaac's, my old co-worker, Isaac's current co-worker. Yes, Zach. So shout-out to Zach. Thank you for listening Thank you. All of our episodes. You the bomb. You are the bomb. You're the real MVP. So moving on. Now buy us the headphones, please. (laughs) Yes, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on from our uh, shout out portion of the commentary, uh, we have a new segment that kind of started last week with my confession, or last time on my confession of tires. But uh, we're going to make it an actual thing. And uh, every week, either one or both of us are going to make a confession, and it's going to be called the Car Guys Confessions. Oh boy, I'm excited. I have a confession this week. And worried. (laughs) I feel very dirty and unclean about this. So you're going first. I am. Okay. I'm ready. I feel very ashamed of I'm putting my my judgment glasses, taking them off. You're going to be so judgy. Like me, I don't judge you. Because I got really lazy this past week, and I'm now currently 1,083 miles over my 5,000-mile oil change oh, interval. Paul. Oh, Paul. <laughs> oh. Hand me the keys to your Corolla. We're doing an oil change right now. <laughs> What's the thing take? Uh, four quarts. Four quarts of what? Uh, 5W30. Full synthetic with a Wix I got some 10W40 Shell Rotella diesel oil. We could do an oil change of that. It honestly probably wouldn't care. (laughs) She's a peach. Oh, Paul, good thing you drive a Toyota. I know. Usually I'm very religious about my oil change intervals, but then it got snowy and I didn't feel like moving stuff and laying in the snow. You have a garage. I said I didn't feel like moving stuff. Wow. You know, all the stuff that runs and moves and actually comes out of the garage, I didn't feel like doing that. Like the Fuego? The Fuego's in Arkansas. <laughs> we haven't talked about the Fuego in a while. No, I haven't thought about the Fuego in a while. Hi, Fuego. <laughs> Does the Fuego have a name? Fire. No. <laughs> nope. I retract that statement. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, car spotting. Do you want to do that? We haven't done that in a sure. while. Sure. Yours is more better than mine, so you start. So I have two. Oh, man. A couple weeks ago. To show me up. Uh, my wife and I, we were headed to Costco on our... I'm still getting used to you saying that. I don't know. It's weird. It is weird, but it's not weird anymore. It was very weird at first. It's weird for you. Not weird for you anymore, but it's still weird for me. It's still pretty new to me. Uh, we were driving to Costco because all married couples shop at Costco. Now a suburban white couple. We are. And, uh, a car pulled up alongside of us and I about lost it. It was absolutely beautiful. A late model Jaguar XF Sport Brake S model. I got a very illegal Snapchat of this. In white. 
it was glorious, and it was driven by a local fire. What do you call someone who works for a fire station? A fireman. Fireman. Yes, a local fireman. Jeez, Isaac. Hey, I've been up since three thirty this morning, and been on three different airplanes. So give me a little bit of slack. Nope. No but slacks. It was glorious, and he took off from a stop and just lit the tires on that thing. And I tried to keep up in the Danger Ranger, but the uh, three liter was not. Whether you mash the accelerator or push it lightly, it goes the same speed. It's slow. One just makes more noise than the other. Uh, no, they make the same amount of noise. It's slow and it just kind of drones. You would oh. think it has a CVT, but it doesn't. See, my Ranger, when you mash the pedal, would just make all kinds of fan noise and sound like you're, you know, going places real fast when but you're, you're just, not. You're just not moving. That is an engine that is meant for just to slow down in life. Sure. <laughs> so that was my first car spotting. Absolutely beautiful car. I forgot that they made that car. And now everyone should go buy one. Do it. If you I do, have, it, you should let us drive it and review it for you. I have looked at them to see if we could uh, swing that, but uh, can't yet. So um, the second one, I was floored by this. So this past weekend, I was in, uh, I was at my cousin's wedding in Northwest Iowa, which is also. South Dakota, and one of the cars in the church parking lot was a late 2000s Volvo S60, and what was special about this is it had cloth seats and a five-speed manual. I didn't even know they made that I could leave the cloth seats, but the five-speed would be fun. I think they made about four of them, and this thing had South Dakota plates and looked like it hadn't been washed in a couple years, so kudos to whoever that's driving that. Unless you should wash your car, then you should probably not take yeah, it. In South Dakota, they don't use salt. Okay. Okay. Just it's a lot dirty. of sand. So mine is uh, more different. Uh, so I, uh, for context, for those of you who have, don't know, I work in a very um, high-class neighborhood. And by high-class, I mean not at all. Okay. I was just going to leave it at that, but yes. So... Um, uh, Moving on from the the neighborhood, I was leaving work the other day. You don't want to leave your car unlocked. No. Or walk outside at night. No. That type of neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anyway, moving on. Uh, um, it, uh, I was leaving work the other night, and I saw this very glittery, glinty car in my rearview mirror, and I pulled off to the side so it would pass me because I really just wanted to get a better look at it. It was a first-gen Pontiac Vibe. Covered 100% of the paint with stick-on 3M, like, AutoZone special chrome pieces. Like those, you know, fake vents and the skulls and whatever else they could find that would stick on their car that was chrome. Head to toe. So, shout out to that guy. If you're listening, send us a message. We'd love to talk to you more about your car. Maybe he works for... Whatever company manufactures that stuff. Maybe he does. But if 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 you're listening, whoever drives that vehicle, get a hold of us because I want to talk to you about your car. You can come on our show. Isaac's looking at me like you're not taking that person to my house. No, you're not. We'll meet at your house. Does that sound? All right, we'll do it. Okay. Round robin around the pool table. There you go. So moving on to our main topic for the evening. Well, do we want to do our rental car review? 
Fine. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I will have I'll keep it short. Both episodes, both the upcoming episodes, now will have rental car reviews. Rental car review. So this For, week is Isaac. Is Next me. week is mine. In a car, everyone is just dripping to hear about the newer version of my car. Yes, a 2020 Toyota Corolla, painted in red in LE model. Uh, picked it up from the Sioux Falls airport at 11.30 at night. It was the only car they had left. And I was kind of excited to drive it because I have liked the new Corolla hatchback a lot for the styling. And you can get with the manual. But every time I've sat in it at the auto shop, I've just been kind of disappointed. And so I was, I've been disappointed because lack of space. Seems very small. But I was excited to have this rental car for four days, and overall impressions, I was left kind of feeling meh. Um, the engine was peppy, definitely had some get up to it, it was a CVT, and it got good gas mileage. We got like 39.5 miles per gallon, put eight gallons in it, so that was pretty cool. Um, but I didn't, it rode harsh. And the ergonomics kind of sucked, and it had the world's largest touchscreen on the center of the dashboard, which at 3.30 in the morning, you couldn't adjust the uh, brightness of the screen, and it was either on or off, and I was trying to use Google Maps to find the airport, and I was about blinding myself, had my eyes shut because it was so flipping bright. All the other lights in the dashboard were dim, but not the screen brightness, so very annoying. Too much crap going on on the gauge cluster. That was also frustrating. You look down, there's about a thousand words there. Um, Me and Isaac have very different opinions on dashes. We do. Because I like, even in it's dark, I like my dash super bright. I was no, driving Isaac's it's so, car. It's so and I was driving. Polluting. I was driving, and he was making me turn the dash lights down. Yeah, it just. It, I just want to shut my eyes. It's so bright. No, I like bright. See, I'm one of those people who gets in the car and just the dim all the way to the lowest setting. I put my dim all the way up all the no, time. Like no, I don't even know why wrong. it has a dimmer. That is so wrong. No, at all levels. Even like so, like, even my fancy radio has you know, unlimited brightness settings, and it's set to all bright all the time. See, I just, I, I just, I really did not like that. No. My phone brightness is all the way bright all the okay, time. I get my it. laptop. You, you like things bright. I like them dark. You're a dark soul. <laughs> so I didn't like that. And the center gauge cluster had distance to empty, current miles per gallon, the time. It had a little ice symbol. It had the car could read speed signs, so it would show you the, the um, street like stop signs or yield signs and, and speed limit sign. It had, this was all on the same page, um, it had this like little eco bar that would move up and down to show you how you know eco friendly you were driving. There was too much crap in this little like two by two inch square, and it was really hard to see, and made me miss my Mazda and its very clean design. Um, so I didn't like that. As an update, Isaac Mazda is gone. Yes, I sold my Mazda. Very sad day. We're not going to talk about it. Um, and it also had autonomous braking, lane keep assist automatic high beams and it could read street signs like i mentioned all those features i hated minus the automatic lights that was nice the lane keep assist it fought me like you're trying to drive straight and it would just constantly correct itself fortunately you could turn that off 
and oh, an adaptive cruise control. I didn't really like that either. So my overall take was the Corolla is a good car. I would recommend it to someone who doesn't care about cars, but I would not buy it. Sorry, Paul. I don't know. I haven't driven one yet. So, but we'll if see. they had a stripper model with all those features gone, I might consider it and the manual. We'll and find they sold out. it for $8,000. That's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would buy a 2020 Super Duty with a diesel too if they sold it to me for three grand. Sure. You just got to buy one that's been salvaged and in a flood and flipped. Literally, I'm going to buy a scrapped out truck for that. <laughs> anyway, so it's my rental car review. Everyone's so, been come <laughs> waiting anxiously to yeah. hear that. Come back next week for my review of the Chrysler Pacifica, where I will I equally shred it. To, okay, I was going to say, you're not supposed to give it away, but now they're... Now they're itching to come back. I hope you show up at Enterprise on Friday and they hand you the keys to Kia Sedona. I hope they hand me the keys to a Toyota uh, Sienna. With yeah, a sport package. They won't. They all order the <clears> same <throat> minivans. It's like one up from base with power doors and aluminum wheels and cloth seats and the DVD package. That's what they all order. Mm-hmm. Come on. So, But it'll be good. We'll review it. They'll probably hate it. We should bring Marv on and do a minivan special and just talk about minivans. We should. Because Marv has lots of experience with minivans and Marv will also be driving a Chrysler Pacifica with me. There you go. We could do a Chrysler Pacifica Tribute special the, with Marvin. Hey, I grew up in the back of Chrysler. Town I countries. hate minivans. I think they're awesome. Stone go. Marv hates minivans, so we could just gang up on Isaac and talk about how terrible. Anyways, so are. moving on, should we go to our main topic, Paul? Fine. What's our main topic tonight? Our main topic is what makes a good car. Yes, what makes a good car, and we pulled the. Public and no one responded. You no one people, responded. except for except for Mr. Owen, Eric Owen. Yes, thank you very much. He said <laughs> anything with a Cummins is a good car. So the uh, Nissan Titan, that's a good car. I'd agree with that. Yeah, Nissan Titan XD, I'd say good car. Okay, solid rig. But we haven't constitute what makes a good car. No, we haven't. But I would say that is. So we're gonna run through this and with. We've decided that we are going to, on each criteria we have, we're each going to rate our own vehicles that we currently drive to determine if they are, in fact, good a car. good car. And so we've scored this as one to five. So each, we have how many criteria do we have? What, what, we never determined what makes it, what, what, we have to, yeah, we what number you up. have to have with a good car. So what makes a good car is very subjective. Everyone has a different opinion on what makes a good car. We did talk to a couple of people, and they gave us some inputs on what they constitute as what makes a good car. So we compiled a list. And we have our own very diverse opinions. Yes, we do. But we have a list, and there are 12 criteria, so there's a lot. But each criteria is scored 1 to 5. 1 would be very low scoring. 5 would be amazing. So we will say each criteria, talk a little bit about it, and then the one to five factor, and then we'll run our daily drivers through, and we'll see who scores the best. The highest score would win. Yep. Right? Anti-golf scoring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So give it a shot. Start with the first criteria? Sure. So the number one that everyone said was reliability. Yep. 
what makes a good car they want people want something reliable which is given i think that's very valid and probably the highest on most people's lists you don't necessarily want to buy a car that's constantly needs repairs and makes you fork money over at the mechanic why are you looking at me like that i'm not looking at you no? at all okay I'm just adjusting your voice, and I'm trying to see if you're noticing a difference. <laughs> it got louder. <laughs> uh, so reliability. That's too much. So Sorry, guys. You're shopping for a car. You want something reliable. And we said one to five. One would be my mechanic is on my speed dial, and five is haven't done an oil change in two years and runs like a champ. I drive too many miles for that. Okay. You haven't opened the hood of your vehicle in two years, and it runs like a champ. I, I check my oil every time I get gas. <sighs> anyway, well, Paul is your atypical consumer. I'm I am not your typical consumer. Ask ask your local Joe Schmo down at the grocery store where the hood latches on his beige Toyota Camry. See if he knows. Well, you could ask us where the hood latches on a Toyota Supra. I don't remember. We couldn't find it. We looked for ten minutes at the Grand Rapids Auto Show. And we never found it. That's right. Forgot that it's probably electronic, like all BMWs. That's dumb. You probably got to stand Sorry, with the key fob dumb. right in front of the hood, and yep. it then opens. Oh, like the trunk on your Mazda. Yeah, I like that feature. It had a button. Yeah, I'm just. I wasn't saying it's bad. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, comparing. So reliability. So I drive a '99 Ford Ranger. I also own a '99 Ford Ranger. You did. I did. You said I own. I owned. Owned. Okay. Past tense. We Paul and I have owned the same truck. We have not. Mine was a step. The side. literal same truck, but the same, same year and trim package. Yep. Anyways, moving on. Uh, so reliability. That's number one. Do we want to say our scores right now or wait till the very end? I think we say them now. Say them now. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with my my Ranger has been pretty reliable for a 20 year old vehicle. So I'm going to say three. My Ranger was terribly unreliable. We're not talking about mine. I would say mine was a, a one. But we're talking about your Corolla. No, we're talking about my Corolla. My my Corolla, um, I I put an alternator in it, and that's it. In uh, the, how many, almost 50,000 miles I've owned it. That's pretty good. I'm going to have to go with like a four and a half. I would say your Corolla is more reliable than my Ranger. Well, I can't kill it. I know. For as many miles as you put on it, and the fact you've only had to put it on the air, that's pretty impressive. And it was guaranteed owned by a low-class college girl before me. Or maybe multiple. It probably also was repoed. And it was also uh, lived at some time on a uh, Indian reservation. And had the transmission replaced. With a junkyard one. Yeah. It's had a rough life. She's been she's been road hard, put away wet, as we say. <laughs> and she still starts up every day, and yeah, it gets has good a battery out of a lawnmower in it. You knew, I didn't know that. Yeah, champion lawnmower battery. Hey, that's pretty. Since cool. The day I bought it. Yeah, definitely more reliable than mine. I mean, mine hasn't stranded me, but it has required a lot of parts that needed replacement. Granted, it's also twenty years old. So reliability, the biggest factor I would say most people say constitute what makes a good car. Mm-hmm. 
Do we want to talk any more about reliability? I don't think so. Okay. Number two. Right behind it, I would say number two is safety. And I would say safety shouldn't be on this list. (laughs) But I disagree with that statement. Because the majority of people, when they say, I want a good car, they want something safe. They want something they can put their teenage daughter in and not worry about if she were to get in a car accident. See, no one in my family that I've ever talked with has pulled out safety as a requirement. Your mother wanted you in a safe car. Then why have I owned all the cars I own? (laughs) We, until like a year and a half ago, we owned one car with airbags. That's not true. You had the Impala. Yeah, that's got Takata bags in it still. (laughs) So does my Corolla. Get that fixed. That sounds like work. It's free. You just drop it off at the dealership, and well, they'll wash your car for you. But then I don't have a car. Let's see. How many cars do you have at the moment? Five. Yeah. So don't pull that crap. <laughs> safety is important to the majority of people. You are not in the majority. Safety is not important. I think safety is important. Then why do you own a Fiero and have a motorcycle? I don't own a motorcycle anymore. You have a motorcycle license. I do. You can't say safety is important and then and then get on a motorcycle. It's just not. It's not have possible. Have you seen me ride a motorcycle? Yes. When you rode around the block once when I was here. Okay. Besides then, have you I, seen me ride a motorcycle? You rode my trail seventy once. I just don't think anyone can say they think safety is an important thing and then get on a motorcycle. That is a separate subject for a different day. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> so safety. You want something that's not going to kill you, and that if you are in an accident, you won't be killed. So one, who cares? Number five, safety is my middle name. So if we went by safety, and now safety is... This is, a, this is an interesting, I think, criteria, because safety in 2020 is different than it was in say 2010 or 2000 or 1990 1990 i don't think any cars and if there were maybe just one or two had airbags let alone analog brakes or traction control or anti-stability control or all this stuff we have now like a safe car was something that had crumple zones and a padded dashboard i mean that that's my fiero and power brakes you know you i want a safe car i want something with power brakes Fast forward to 2000, by that point, everything had at least dual anal- or I'm sorry, dual airbags up front, probably not side, probably not standard analog brakes. Um, go up to 2010, analog brakes are probably standard. What year's your Corolla? Five. Five. It doesn't have analogs, does it? No. Nope. Um, side airbags maybe were standard at that point. My dad's truck's an eight. It has analog brakes, but it doesn't have side airbags, and it doesn't have traction control. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. Now, it is a three-quarter ton diesel, so it's going to win in anything you put it in. Yeah. We proved that last year. We got schmucked at 80 miles an hour, and the truck drove onto the flatbed. And the only reason it went on a flatbed is because the tire was touching the bumper. Yeah, so, it. I mean, every decade, we see new safety features added. And, I mean, that 20... 20 Kroll I drove the past few days. It was a base model, and it had anti-lock brakes, anti-stability control, side curtain Anti-stability control? 
or stability control. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> anti-stability control. That sounds like my kind of vehicle. That's my safety. But it had, you know, pre-collision braking, and I don't know. But see, people talk about trash control too. Trash control, I feel most of the time, it makes it, depending on the situation, it can make it less safe. I would agree with that. Because like my dad's Impala, it's if it's snowy out and the trash control's on, it's gonna kill you. Yeah. Because you try to pull out onto any road. And it's just going to cut power three quarters of the way across the road, and you're going to stop in the middle of an icy road, and it's not going to let you keep moving. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And like uh, um, Jake's, uh, my friend Jake, his fiance, uh, her um, uh, uh, Ford Escape. Escape, it like it tries to throw stability control, and it it moves the whole car weird when it like turns weird, like it it starts locking up the inside brake or whatever when you try yeah. to make it slide sideways. And it dissettles the whole car. Well, that Corolla had, you know, lane keep assist, standard on the base Corolla. And I didn't, I would say that is not a good safety feature because the car is constantly trying to correct itself and stay in the center of the lane. So there you are trying to drive. I was 100% sober, but the car is constantly pulling me left and right, left and right. And I love how you got to clarify that. <laughs> Well, and you're fighting it, and then you end up the front of the car is, you know, moving side to side. And my wife goes, what's the matter with the car? Why are we going back and forth? We're going back and forth because the car is being stupid and trying to fight me. And so finally, I just let go of the steering wheel and let the car drive itself. And then it starts beeping at me because I'm not holding on to the steering wheel. It's like, well, what the heck? You can't win here. So I just turned it off. Fortunately, you can turn that off. Um, So I do not think that's a good safety feature. And I would have to argue that um, what radar-based cruise control? Yeah. I don't think that's a good safety feature either. And I would say I would almost say radar-based sa- uh, cruise control is not a safety feature as much as a luxury feature or so a convenience factor. They tout it on the Corolla as a safety feature. How? Because it keeps maintains you at a safe distance behind all vehicles, and you're not tailgating. Problem is, you're not paying attention, and all of a sudden. You're driving along, say you have it set at 60 miles an hour. A car had you doing 55, not paying any attention. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, it feels like I'm going slow. You look down, you're doing 55 miles an hour because it's maintaining a safe distance. Who knows how long you've been um, you know, at that speed. Granted, you could say, well, that's good because you're maintaining safe distance. But I think it just it makes you not attentive to what's going on. I can see that. So... Safety. I don't like driver assist personally at all. Neither do I. Now, stuff like blind spot <coughs> monitoring, I like that. I really like that on my Mazda. That was nice. And in more than one occasion, it saved me. I've, I've only had experience with your Mazda. And one of our work cars has it. And I don't I don't hate it. <coughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I don't hate it. It was, you know, fine. I, I never really had an issue with it. But I'm used to, like my my F one fifty. I'm used. I can. I don't have a blind spot in that. You have a back window yeah. and a front window, and it doesn't even have a freaking rear view mirror. But new cars these days have such thick pillars. They do. Well, that's a safety feature. Yeah, the rollover. Everyone just needs to put a th- inch and three quarter DOM tubing roll cage in their car, because then you can hit the wall like Ryan Newman at Daytona and get out and be out of the hospital in two days and never Go die. Go back to nineteen fifty safety standards. Duck, duck and cover under the dashboard and in an accident. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so safety. If we, let's run our cars through the safety factor. My truck has anti-locks. 
that work and dual airbags, which you can disable the passenger one with the key. So I'm going to give it a two by 2020 standards. That's what you have to mark it up against. My car has an, or dual airbags that auto turn on and off. Okay. Hey, well, you're up one for me. No anti-lock brakes. Does it have traction control? No. Mm-mm. So you if it did, it wouldn't have a fuse in it. So you're probably, what are you scoring your car at? I was going to say a two. Two, okay. Two to two. Uh, Next one. Because my car does have one safety feature that yours doesn't. What's that? Uh, it has the G-Force indicated fuel shut off. That, yes, it does. So if you ever get into like a real hard hit with your car, like you hit a curb or something and it won't start afterwards, there's a, a G, a G, a, a G, G force switch underneath your uh, seat that kills your fuel pump. My truck has that. It does? Yeah. My Ranger didn't. Um, yes, they do. My, 99, my 93 had one too. Uh, it's in the passenger footwell under the glove box. Really? Yeah. My Ranger didn't have one. Mm, pretty sure it did. Mm, no. I disagree. We have the same truck. I have, but I replaced go, all my fuel stuff on I'll mine. I'll show you it right after this. I replaced all my fuel, everything in my fuel system. Because <laughs> it rusted. It rusted? Mm, I think you just didn't know it was there. Maybe that was your fuel problems. I didn't have fuel problems. And why'd you... Oh, because it was all rusty? Yeah. No. The line started rusting through and leaking on the ground. That's not good. Not, not ideal. I hope you didn't smoke. I don't smoke. I got better things to waste my money on. Uh, next criteria. So value and cost of ownership. How much value does this car bring to me? Um, and like, what's it going to cost me, you know, on an average basis? And we scored this as, you know, my repair bills are more than the monthly car payment. Or it appreciates in value over time. That would be your high scoring. I don't own anything. Well, I have a Toyota pickup. That appreciates. Do you have any commentary on value or cost of ownership as criteria? No. No? Not at all? Not much. You buy a car, you don't think about this stuff? I mean, kind of. But I don't know. I I buy cars because I want them, not because... I think about they're going to appreciate... You wanted your Corolla? Yeah. Okay. I did. It was the best option for me at the current moment. That is true. That I could find in two days before I came back to Michigan and Texas. <laughs> in my price range. So, but lots of people... Like, see, I would never in a million years buy a car because, like, I think I can leave it sit and make money on it in, you know, 30 years. I buy a car for one sole purpose, and that's to drive it. So would you say your curl has been a good value? I would say my curl has been a good value. It was dirt cheap. I save hundreds of dollars a month in fuel over driving my truck, and it doesn't break. So the next time you had to buy a car, would you factor any of those criteria into your car purchase? I would just go buy another Toyota Corolla, except next time I wouldn't buy the Corolla S. I would buy the same model year XRS. I would too. So, and a couple extra transmissions because I hear those six speed manuals break. 
Or fail, I should say. My five-speed grinds, but that's because it's... It's a junkyard training. Yeah, who knows what's happened to that thing. It could probably... It could have 300,000 miles on it, for all I know. Um, so, value, cost of ownership. Um, my Ranger has not appreciated... Oh, that's not true. It is appreciated from what I paid for it. That's because you put a bunch of money into it. <laughs> I also paid very little for it. Um... And it has required some money to maintain, but all in all, for a twenty-year-old truck, it's been pretty. I would, I haven't, I haven't been blown. Like, I haven't been surprised by what I've had to spend on monthly repairs. I've kind of factored, and you know, I'm gonna put some money in every month. So I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna have to tie you there. Tie me. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, I. I don't. My car doesn't appreciate, but it. I think I could sell it for the same amount I paid for it right now because I brought it from Texas to Michigan and it has no rust, and it hasn't died and it has better wheels and tires now. Yep. Next one. Appearance and styling. Is this important to you? Would you like some gray poupon with that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. You haven't seen that show before or that movie. Do you even know what that movie is? No. Come, give it, give it a shot. I don't Guess. know, Paul. I don't watch TV. It's not a. It's it's a movie. I don't watch TV. Wait, you haven't seen Wayne's World? I know he has a, um, a AMC Pacer in that, mm-hmm. and he lives in Illinois. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't want some Grey Poupon? No, I don't. Do you even know what Grey Poupon is? Nope. Mustard. <laughs> nope. I don't want any mustard. <laughs> All right. Appearance and styling. Uh, our number one, or crap, is the Pontiac Aztec. Has absolutely no aesthetic appeal to it whatsoever. Cero. The uh, amazing is the 4GT, and I'm going to tack onto that the liquid carbon edition. That's what I was also going to say. That car is, oh. every time I see it, I just want to weep. It is so beautiful. I don't want to cry. I just want to hug it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next auto show, there's Paul. Hugging a 4GT. Hugging the 4GT. If you see a guy hugging a 4GT. A bearded man auto. hugging a 4GT. You know who that is. Come come say hi. So is appearance is appearance and styling important to you? Yes. Same. I want a car that's beautiful. I want a car look that looks sweet. Yeah, I don't hear. I don't. I never said. I don't recall. I don't know. I call cars beautiful, but that's not what I think about. I want like. I want to look at my have a car that I sound terrible. Yeah. Sorry. Do you uh, work uh, on uh, your uh, words? Uh, uh, Let's uh, uh, slow it down. Slow down. Start with the first word. I. Next word. Want third. A car that when a little I faster now park it. I want to look back at it every time I walk away. 100% agree. My Fiero and my Mazda 6, every time I would drive it, I would turn around and look at it because I was just so impressed and am impressed by the styling of those cars. I look back at my truck every time, one, to make sure it's not on fire, and two, because it's, <laughs> it's beautiful. My Corolla, I can't say the same thing. You don't think your Corolla's beautiful? I think it looks better than the base model. It does. It's a little bit '90s racer 
for my taste. Yeah. And well, it helps you have both uh, fender skirts on now. I do have both fender skirts Not back fender on. Fender skirts, the wrong word. Uh, rocker, uh, rocker cladding. What do you call that? Fender skirts. I, I, like I call, what they put I call on them the, the, back ri- of the a, ricer body kit. Yeah, the body kit. There you go. Fender yeah. skirts, like what you see on a Mercury Sable station wagon. <laughs> so my dad had one of those, so I can puke. Appearance and styling, both are very important to us. My Ranger, uh, I'm going to give it like, it's not ugly. I'm going to give it a two. There's no halvesies here. See, I was going to give your Ranger a three, and I was going to give my Corolla two and a half. Really? Yep. The I, Ranger has aged well. See, uh, my I have my Ranger, and I got my like, two-inch lift on it and a little beefier tire and stuff. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to agree with you. Three, you've convinced me. So you just wanted your extra point to beat me. <laughs> We're tied right now. <laughs> Did you give me a two and a half? No, I give you a two. I gave myself a four and a half on the first one and a two and a half now. There's no half points. It's all whole numbers. You got to round down. Well, then I want to change my first one to five. Your Corolla is not a five reliable. What would be then if you can give it to me for 50,000 miles and break a $60 part? Okay. And it was bought in a really sketchy town in Texas. I mean, it is a Corolla. You, it's a Corolla manual with okay. air conditioning, yeah. and that's it. You can't it. get any more reliable than that. You're see, I, so I gave it the four and a half because I did have to put the alternator on it. But whole points, and it never died without the alternator. It yeah. was just the battery light would come on once. Okay, in a while. so whole points. You you got me beat. Okay, that's what I like to hear. Um, I'm gonna jump around on our list. So because we're speaking on emotion. We're going to go right into the emotional factor of the car, which is very, I would say, it's close to appearance and styling, which can be subjective because some people could say, well, Pontiac Aztec is beautiful, but I would think the majority of people would agree it's not. But the emotion aspect is when I drive the car, I want to feel something with it. Well, there's many cars I drive, I feel something. Sometimes it's just not good things. Yeah, but okay, a positive emotion. You okay. want to feel something positive about it. If I'm going to use my, my hard-earned money and buy this car, I want something that gives me, makes me feel good. So one we said was, you know, like, what color is my car? Like, you have absolutely no emotion attached to it. You don't even care what it is. It's unmemorable. Beige Nissan Sentra. I'm thinking beige Camry. With beige cloth seats. See, I think the Sentra is more boring than the okay, Camry. Okay, Sentra. Something you, Sorry, Justin. I something love you, you can throw away. Uh, Justin doesn't even listen to our podcast. He didn't even know we had a podcast. Justin! Yeah, some friend he is. Wow. I'm not <laughs> friends with Justin anymore. <laughs> and then five was, the car is part of my soul. It is me and my car. We are one. That is my fear and I. We are five to the T. Anything, Paul? You're just going to let me hang here? This I'm really enjoying this. Because <laughs> every time you drive your Fiero, you do have emotions, but not all of them are happy. Not all of them are happy, but at the end Sometimes of the day... Sometimes it's you screaming and swearing. At the end of the day, it's still part of me. Uh, yes. You, you, you crazy Dutch man. You can't deny it. Your truck is also part of you. Oh, yes. I, I feel the same way about my truck. Yeah. I'm not quite as vocal about it, but I do feel the same way. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll agree with this one. I don't. I don't know. You don't know. Guess you do. 
I, I like my cars to make me feel something, but okay, I don't know. It seems kind of sappy. You don't want to be. You don't want to have your senses. No, you want to be desensitized do, when you drive your vehicle. Ninety-five percent of vehicles have a soul. I agree with that. I would make this more of a how much soul does the vehicle have category. So, some some cars are demon possessed. <laughs> My Ranger. Uh, so yeah, uh, I guess I'm on the emotion side. I'm gonna have to give my Corolla a two. Okay. It ma- I it makes me happy, but that's because I can just thrash it all day. Yeah. And it just keeps coming back, and we have a lot of fun. And I mean, and I don't know. It's but it, there's so much more enjoyment I can get out of other cars. But I love my Corolla. So you need to work on your emotions and your feelings. I'm a man. I'm getting mixed emotions. It doesn't matter. You can. St- have you have you seen uh, the Red Green Show? Yeah. I'm a man. I can change if I have to. I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give my Ranger too as well. It doesn't really spark up. I don't get excited to you know drive it in the morning, but it's I, I'll not. agree. I had a Ranger the same thing, and it was like, no, nope, it it runs, it drives. Yeah, I I love my moves. Ranger. Yep, but it's I'm not gonna go carve canyons with it, or if a tree fell on it tomorrow, I wouldn't weep. I weeped when a tree fell on my pickup. Yeah, that's because I've just new, been no, no. I did, I got a new paint job because right. of that. I, I weeped in joy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, I put it in the wrong category. Uh, next one, durability. And now this is different than reliability. I think they should be the same thing. I don't. Because a car can be reliable, but... How can it be reliable and not durable? I'm thinking, like, does the paint fade, or is there a lot of rattles inside of it? Uh, do you have to... So you're saying a... It's, it's, so what you're really boiling it down to is the difference between Toyota and a GM product. Because they're both going to last for 300,000 miles, but the GM is going to run terrible all the way there, but it's going to do it. But the Toyota is going to run fine all the way there, and they're both going to die. Yeah. I mean, this is a, we, can have a, we can have a debate. Convince me that durability and reliability are the same thing. I mean, I, I, if a car is truly reliable and you don't have any problems with it or breakages, and then it's durable. It's a durable good. If it's... If you know, if I'd say, you know, if the door handle falls off, it's not a reliable vehicle because the door handle fell off and it broke. Okay. Yeah. So think about, I'm going to challenge you with that. My, my, the, my family's old Saturn. That was a very reliable car. We put almost no money into it in 14 years of ownership. Other than body panels. Other than body panels, but that was due to external collisions with the vehicle. <laughs> I was I was getting at that. <laughs> uh, but why I say bring up durability is we lived on gravel. And that car went back and forth on a gravel road every day, twice a day for 14 years. Gravel is very hard on a vehicle. And the interior rattled and buzzed like crazy. The sunroof motor, you could hear it thumping against the headliner because it the plastic clips holding it all broke. And so the motor would bang around above your head, but it still worked. It just, it wasn't built to handle that. Maybe we should talk about build quality then. Well, that's where I was kind of leading. Build quality. Okay. Build quality. That's that's different than reliability. That is different than reliability. Okay. I'll go with that. I'll go that far. Okay. So build quality. We're changing this to build quality. 
Your Toyota. Well, that's... You can't really beat a Toyota. No. Mine's had a hard life, but it's, you know... Other than one seat that has a spring hanging out the back of it, nothing is, you know, not as it should be. Yeah. So, so Any well, buzzes or rattles? Um, the trunk lid rattles... But that's because it was rear-ended at one point, and the rear end is not square for the trunk latch. So it goes... Yeah. And so that's not... I can't blame that on the car. Um, uh, one of the inner fenders is rattles on the tire, but that's because... The fact that you have to think about a... how What year's your car? 05. So what, what year is it? That's, that's 15, 15 years, years old. 16, really. 16 years old. Yeah, it's pretty. It's built pretty well. She's a she's a peach. So what are you gonna score it at? I was gonna say a four. Okay, four. Because it's not it's not a Mercedes Benz or anything. No. Because uh, like my uncle has a eighties Mer- Mercedes. Those things are built like tanks, and it everything in it it has three hundred thousand miles in it, and everything in it functions properly and has no rattles, and it he still drives at ninety miles an hour around corners. Yeah. So, well built car. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my Corolla will do that at three hundred thousand miles in the eighties. Um, my Ranger. Say what you want about Fords, and a lot of people will give their opinions about Fords. But my Ranger is built very well. The truck has one hundred twenty-three thousand miles. Actually, last week it turned over one hundred twenty-three thousand four hundred fifty-six miles. But I don't know what the significance of that is. One, two, three, four, five, six on the odometer. Wow, I'm slow. Yeah, come on, Paul. Weak sauce. Um, we haven't even drank beer yet. No, we haven't. You want a grain belt? I like grain belt. Shout out to those who listen to the podcast. Grain belt is awesome, and I would really wish they would sponsor us. It's adequate. It is the friendly beer. It is a good beer. You, know? you cannot buy it in Michigan. Yet. Yet. But maybe if I get enough people in the state to drink it, we can have it imported. Imported from Iowa. Imported from Minnesota. Come on. Minnesota, eh? Should have bought some today when I was in Minneapolis. Why didn't you? Because I couldn't fit. All right, now that you promised me a grain belt, where's the grain belt? Well, we got to pause the episode so I can go get some grain belt. Well, yeah. Well, you well, you go get grain belt. I'll keep talking about our next category. I didn't score mine. I don't care. You can't let me hang like that. Well, they can still hear you over there if you talk loud enough. We'll turn up your gain a little bit. They'll hear you. You can keep talking. It's a lot of noise in the background. Yeah, it's all right. But the, the people like to know what's going on in our lives. Don't drink this slowly because it likes to fizz. Drink this slowly because it likes to fizz. You like one of those Thank uh, you. science experiments. Ooh, I even brought my own koozie with me because I don't go anywhere without a koozie. <laughs> You are a weird one, Paul. So durability or build quality, I'm sorry. Uh, my Ranger, 20 years old, has 123,000 miles on it. It is built pretty well. There are no rattles to it. Everything functions as it should, um, minus the cruise control buttons work, but they're just hard to get engaged. Um, I thought you replaced those. I replaced half of them because I need a steering wheel puller and I don't have one. Do you have one? Yeah. Well, bring it next time. Okay. You never asked. Sorry. You <laughs> came over to my house when I pulled the steering wheel. Don't you remember? 
Then how did you need a steering wheel puller if you pulled the steering Remember wheel? Remember, I was I was trying to use a a pulley. Oh yeah. Puller to. Yeah. No, I was steering wheel. Jerry rig my. Yeah. Anyways. We just got a sweet new puller set at work, and I'm very jealous. I'm gonna give my Ranger four. Everything works as it should. All right, four. Uh, next one, the exotic factor. Oh yes, I don't think we're gonna score high in this one. I don't think so either. But we should talk about it. We should talk about because it because someone that we asked said this is very important to them. When they buy a car, they want to be able to get parts for it because this person, aka my father. Has bought in vehicles that require you to Your buy. Your father owns the most exotic vehicles of anyone I know. To buy parts from Japan. Because <laughs> you can't find any parts in North America. For I got it. a guy for that, but we're not going to talk about that. So Also, you're the one talking about fizzy here, and you're fizzing over. I'm, I told you. You got to be careful with it. Anyways, everyone should drink Grain Belt. Uh, it's better than I remembered. Do you know what a Saab 94X is? I do want to sign nine four X's. They did a top gear on it in like two thousand four. That's the wrong car. Now I gotta make sure I looked up the It wasn't brand new. Hold on, maybe I'm remembering. You don't even know what it is. You're thinking of the nine three. Maybe. Nine. Sorry guys, we're uh, slow tonight. Stop. Isn't that just a trailblazer? No. That was the 9.7. Oh. This doesn't look very exotic, sorry. It looks like a Ford Exploder. So the 9.4X was a Cadillac SRX. And right when GM declared bankruptcy, they built like 438 of these things in Mexico, and they stopped making them. And I have seen one in the wild. So if you ever get in an accident with one, good luck getting parts for it. Well, let's make it a Cadillac. Yeah, you can turn Cadillac. Or how about this? We'll change the Saab 94X to a Plymouth Colt Vista. Do you know what that is? No, but why don't we just change it to like a Ferrari or something actually exotic? Because <laughs> I like cool, crappy cars. <laughs> yeah, we're going to change it to, you know, like getting parts for your Lamborghini Huracan. There you go. But they, they've made enough of those. Um, or uh, your Lamborghini Gallardo. That, you know, needs your $10,000 oil changes. So the exotic factor, one, would be very hard to get parts, a.k.a. I need to get parts from a foreign country. My Oh, my, perfect. My Fuego. If you there need you a, go. Yes. If, you if have you, you own the perfect exotic if car. If you need a rear window, you need to get them from France. How about tires? Uh, you can't. Actually, no, you can't. Coker makes one tire for it, and they are $400 a piece. That sucks. They're exotic. probably a crappy tire. <laughs> They're a bias ply. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who don't know anything about tires, never buy a bias ply. Unless you're going off-roading, but you should know something about tires at that point. We need to take a trip to France. I'm down. Let's go. I want to build a shipping container house so we could load the shipping container full of Fuego parts and then ship it back to the United States. Let's do it. Okay. Next summer. Two summers. I need to graduate first. Okay, two summers. And five, an exotic factor would be Toyota Camry. Or should it be the other way around? Well, it depends on how you view it. I don't want something exotic. So a five is good. I want something I can get parts at any auto parts store at 11 p.m. at night because I need to get to work tomorrow morning. Then we should change it to like parts availability because like some people like think, oh, it's exotic. It makes me special. 
Yeah. We'll have to rethink how, what we call that. Parts availability. Doesn't have the same roll off the tongue. Because it's not the same thing. <laughs> Let's skip this category for rating because uh, we don't know how to do it. I say rate it high as, high as good parts. Good parts. That's Okay, then dumb. I'm going to get a five. And I'll get a five too. Pretty much. Actually, depends on your truck. If you have the 7.5 rear end, good luck. I don't know what I have. You have the 7.5. How do you know that? Because the four liters came with the eight inch. The seven five rear end in those Rangers, you can't get anything for them. Why is that? I grenaded mine and I figured that out. Because they're only putting Rangers, they weren't putting in anything else. And they put the only in the three liter Ranger. Hmm. Because the four cylinders got a different rear axle because they had different gearing because they're a, a two wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And the four wheel drive three liters got a smaller seven five inch axle. And the four uh, liters got the big eight inch axle. With the Explorer? It's the Ford 88, is what it is, which is in every F 150, f- basically from 1980 to current. So I get like a f- four and a half, which rounds up to five. Which goes to four because we don't do halves. We round up. I rounded up for you way back up on reliability. So we can round Fine. down. Fine. <laughs> uh, next one functionality. I want a car that's functional. Then why do you want a Miata so bad? So I scored it one to five. One is car's not functional. Think Mazda Miata. Yeah. Five is I drive a minivan. I can haul anything I want inside. Or I drive a pickup. I would personally say the most functional vehicle would be either a... Minivan? No. Minivan. It's not made anymore. The most functional vehicle you could possibly buy. It was not made anymore. It is the Ford Excursion with the 7.3 diesel. I would disagree. Because you can seat as many people as the minivan. It can go more places than the minivan because it's four-wheel drive. It can tow things. Okay. It has a roof rack built into it to haul things. And the interior space is nearly the same as the minivan. Okay. So, so we're same, same premise. We're talking functionality. You want something functional. Yes. So for some to some people, functionality is very high in the list. It is important to me. Yes, I do want a Miata, but that is why I have multiple vehicles. Okay. Okay. So how functional is your Corolla? Well, I've gone camping with it. Uh, I've gone off-roading with it. Um, sorry, Dad. Um, it hauls guns. It hauls bikes. Um it's not a pickup truck, but I, I can make it work with just about anything. It goes through snow. I drive it every day. I'd give it a solid three. Three? Okay. I'm going to give my Ranger a five because it has a bed and it has a hitch, and I've used both. I would not give the Ranger a five. Why not? You think your Ranger is just as functional as an excursion? Yeah. It's got four-wheel drive. It has seats for five. Granted, s- not eight. But it has I would, five seatbelts. My Ranger was the definition of non-functional. It has five seatbelts. It's I would I would I would have given the Ranger a three, because the back seat is worth, the back seat is worthless because it doesn't have doors. You okay? You can still get back there. You the can, seats slide forward. You can. It's not as functional. 
Five has to be the most functional there is, and there's there's not. Okay, how's the four sound? It's more functional than your Corolla because it has a bed, and it has a hitch on it. Granted, you could put a hitch on your Corolla, and it has the same tow rating as your Ranger. Then they're mine five hundred pounds lighter, thirty five hundred pounds. You're ready for four. My Ranger is more functional than your Corolla. I don't think I can seat more. I can seat five people way more comfortably yes, than you, you can. can. I have more. Int- can you haul a dresser with your Corolla? No. No, but I could haul more stuff inside and keep it dry. Paul, we're still tied, so you don't have to feel like you have to defend yourself to win. I'm not trying to win here. I'm just trying to make it actually honest. It's a pickup. Pickups are more functional than anything else next to it, besides a cargo van, in my opinion. I'm going to bring this up next time you say you want a minivan. I said just get an F-150. I need someone with seatbelts for seven. You can't get an F-150 with seven seatbelts. Been there, done that. Legally. Been there, done that. <laughs> I have friends that have a uh, F-250 with, I think it's got 12 seats now. Yeah, okay. I. That is a different subject for a different night. Fine. Okay. Moving on. Uh, next one, efficiency. We lumped power and fuel economy in here. So I want something that makes a lot of power, but also doesn't break the bank at the gas pump. I think it's the first time I've heard, ever heard Isaac say he wants a lot of power. Well, I'm not going to drive around something that makes 68 horsepower. You know, the new Mitsubishi Mirage, I don't even think it makes 100 horsepower. That doesn't surprise me. Would you call that an efficient motor? Well, it depends on what you're talking about efficient. As does it get Efficiency, performance and efficiency are very different. Yeah. Because as efficiency goes up, your generally your performance level goes Correct. down. Like, so where's the happy medium? Well, that's why there are two different categories. I have performance listed on here is where I went with power. I would go efficiency as just straight, you know, I spend ten dollars, how far can ten dollars get me? Okay. I want something that still gets good gas mileage. Good gas mileage to me is better than thirty miles per gallon on the highway because I do a lot of highway driving, but also can get, you know, move quickly under its own power. I'm not going to wait forever in a day like my Ranger to get up to 60 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Granted, okay, let's take my Mazda 6, for example. It only made 185 horsepower. The thing would still get 35 miles a gallon on the highway and you put your foot into it. It would move. It wouldn't move, you know, it wouldn't push you to the back of your seat, say like a Corvette, but it still moved respectively quick. So this is more of a power to efficiency ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I'm I'm more I'm, I will compromise power for efficiency. I know you would take efficient you would take power over efficiency. Yes, every day. So, I don't know how we score this one. What's the power to efficiency ratio of your Corolla? It's just as fast as a new Cruise or a new Sonic or whatever else. And it gets they don't make cruises anymore. Whatever, twenty nineteen, and uh, it gets thirty eight to forty miles a gallon on the highway. So it's pretty efficient. So what do you can give it? Four. Four. That's fair. I'd agree. My Ranger makes no power, and still manages to get fifteen miles per gallon. So I'm gonna give it a two. 
<laughs> it's not quite my F-150, which gets nine. <laughs> it's It just blows my mind how gutless that thing is and how much it just drinks fuel. Yeah. We need to do an electric fan conversion on that. We can do it. Uh, we got three left. Hold with us. I wonder how long we're at so far. We're at an hour exactly right we gotta, now. We got to pick up the pace here. <laughs> People are hating us right now. Uh, driving dynamics. Important. This is important to me. I want a car that drives well. That I'll agree with this. That handles. I want a, I want a car that handles good. Mm-hmm. Does that sound yeah. grammatically correct? Sure. Okay. I, I'm a STEM major and the E does not stand for English. <laughs> but, you know, I want something that... That is fun. That is fun to drive. That the handle it has crisp handling. The steering is, you know, is is not is heavy, but not too heavy. It brakes good. It takes a corner quickly. Driving dynamics is very important to me. My Ranger has very low driving dynamics, so I'm going to give it a two. My my Corolla does pretty good. It can turn fast and it's light and nimble and kind of fun. I'm gonna give it a three. Three, okay, that's fair. Because if you brake real fast from like eighty down to zero, you can real smell some brakes and they kind of fade out and stuff. So I'm not gonna say it's perf- perfect, but so uh, sound. This sound. is where we disagree. I did. This is not. This is not even on my radar or important to me. This is like my me with safety. Okay, fair enough. See, I think a vehicle when you get in, if to be a truly like good fun car, I think it has to have a sound that makes you excited. See, I could care less. I want something quiet. You liked your Dart. I liked the exhaust on it. Yes, it was very fun starting it in the garage. See that snarl. Exactly. Oh, that was the only thing I really liked about that car. See, in my F one fifty, oh, it just makes me happy. Like when you get to go through a tunnel and just rev the crap out of it or is someone sitting on the sidewalk next to you and you can just rev the crap out of it and scare them and sorry people i all hate me it's just oh mm. now both of our vehicles have terrible sound my ranger's kind of loud there's a difference between loud and good i drove my <laughs> truck for five miles with an open header it wasn't good it was loud it's kind of slight exhaust leak but hey the exhaust leaks don't count i give my Corolla a two a two i would yeah, two over my Ranger. And the last one, performance, which I would say performance and efficiency are closely related. They're similar. Well, how are they different then? So, so for performance, uh, my t- my zero is a Nissan Leaf, and my five is a NASCAR Cup Series car. We could say a Nissan Leaf has good performance. It's got electric motor and all that torque. Yeah, but they torque limited out, so you can't even do a burnout. Okay, fair enough. So, a NASCAR Cup Series car can do a screeching burnout handle decently compared to, you know, every street car. Uh, is extremely fast, fun to drive, uh, powerful. We're crossing the lines of powered efficiency. I have no cares about the efficiency of the vehicle and performance. All I care about is how how it drives from point A to point B, how what kind of lap times you can lay down. So what are the lap times at the, the Rally Rolla? Uh, 
it runs a 16 second quarter mile, which is not great, but uh, my Ranger ran at 18. Um, it handles halfway decently, but not perf- great. I'd give the performance of the Corolla a, a two. A two? A two. I'd give my Ranger a two as well. So, because it has no performance. Where do you think we're at? I've been keeping score. I know. I know where we're at. I have, I have no idea. You no know idea? No. So, there's uh, 12 categories. Max score five. So, 60 points total. I would have had to put that in a calculator. What? I would have had to put that in a calculator. Sorry. I'm Come on, you engineering that. major. I've just taken differential equations, okay? Uh, the Ranger, Danger Ranger, or the Green Machine, came in at a 34. Out of 60. Out of 60. So 55%. And the Rally Rolla, or the Ricer Rolla, yes. came in at a 37 Victory! So Paul's Corolla is a better good car than mine. (laughs) I'm sorry, I won. Isaac gets mad at me because he thinks I always have to win. I think you do. (laughs) You secretly have to always win. I hate losing. Yeah. They're both are good cars. They're not terrible. So we're trying to quantify what makes a good car. If you want to score your cars, send your score into us and what you think your car scores. We'll score you. We'll score you. We'll we'll send score us your, your score and we'll score your car. <laughs> there we'll you see go. if they match. <laughs> if you think if you have come up with any other ideas of what you think a good car should be, let us know. Yeah. We're send curious. us an email or reach out to us on social media. And if you do, we will send you a sticker. We will. Do we have stickers still? I do. I need some more because I'm out. I have a few left. I need to order more. I'm going to order different ones next time. That would be cool. Our different one, because ours faded really bad. Yeah, they did. They were also the cheapest ones I could find on the internet. That might explain it. I'll see if I can get better ones next time. Okay. Uh, we ready to move on? Yes. Next thing. Random car fact. Heck yeah. Did you know this one? I haven't read it yet, so I don't know. Who was the first foreign car manufacturer to operate a manufacturing facility in the United States? I would have guessed Honda, but that's not true. No. It was Volkswagen. 1978, they opened up a facility in New Stanton, Pennsylvania. Fortunately, it was only in operation for 10 years, and then they closed it. I think it turned into like a dishwasher factory or something dumb like that. Oh, all right. Learn something new every day. I said dumb, so. I said dumb once, too. Yeah. Sorry. Um... There's your cool... That that was your random car fact. Should we do a Craigslist showdown? Craigslist showdown. So today's criteria was 1990s non-American manufactured vehicle is what we were shooting for in the Grand Rapids greater area. And... I just got kicked out of our Google Doc. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know why. But anyway, uh, I'll start because I just put mine in there. Did, is mine there? <laughs> Yes, I oh. see it. So, Isaac said... It had Please to be, don't judge me. Isaac said it had to be foreign. So, I got a, a, a Jap Americar with the 1987 Chrysler These Conquest. These things are cool. TSI. These things are cool. It's... Uh, which is actually a Mitsubishi Stereon. Stereon. Stereon, yes. 
Um, I love it. I think it looks like a Supra mixed with a Porsche. I would agree. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. It's probably terribly unreliable, but uh, it's listed for fifty five hundred bucks. It's a Mitsubishi, so it should be. It has a two point six liter turbo engine, a five speed, one hundred fifty three thousand miles. And the motor was said to have been rebuilt 30,000 miles ago, which I believe because it came with an old turbo piston rings and gaskets. I would not. He's asking $5,500, and I would, this is, it's like a $3,500 car. I would have to say it's closer to three, but yeah. It, he's not going to sell this thing at not that, for that price. price. No. Nope. So, yeah, there's my Cra- Craigslist showdown vehicle. Did you see mine? I'm still not back in the Google Doc yet. Come on. Oh, there it is. I'm coming. Hold on. Come on. Sorry, we're struggling tonight, guys. Mine is a 2000 Daewoo Lanos. Do you know what that is? Uh, I'm about to when I get into the internets. Start talking about it. So. Oh, that. It looks like a, <laughs> it looks like a Geo Metro. Except it's a Daewoo. But it's a Geo Metro. But it's a Daewoo. It's got the same dash as my buddy's uh, Cavalier. So the reason I picked this thing, I'm probably going to get ridiculed, and well, no yeah, one's going to like Chevy it. Cavalier. No, it's not. It's a Daewoo. Made in South Korea. When was the last time you saw a Daewoo on the road? I saw that little Daewoo truck that we went and sat in. That doesn't count. When did you see a North American Daewoo on the road? Never. Exactly. So this has the exotic factor written all over it. Try to get parts for a 2000 Daewoo. It's a it's a Cavalier, so no, you can't. No, it's a Daewoo. Look at the interior. It's It's identi- completely different. It's These identical are made to a in South Korea. It's identical to a Cavalier. No, it's not. I bet you half the parts cross over. I bet they don't. This thing has 44,000 miles original owner. $1,750, and it can be yours. It is green, and it is mint. Not even a lick of rust on the thing. Someone really loved this thing, and I feel sorry for them. And I bet if you ask them, is this a good car, they would say yes. Okay. Mm, <laughs> sure. I was scraping at the bottom of the barrel for this one. I can see that. So let us know which one you think is the better Craigslist showdown. Mine. The Daewoo. So I think that's about all we got for tonight. We're not missing anything? I don't. We might be, but I don't have it. Okay. So in closing. We are on social media. The Facebooks. Shift and Gears. That is S-H-I-F-T apostrophe N. Gears podcast. The Instagrams. Same thing. No apostrophe. It's, oh, that's right. Just shift in gear. Why haven't you posted in a while? I did. You did? Yeah. I'm not on Instagram. So You can't yell at me if you don't even know. Well, my wife was telling me that you hadn't posted in a while. so I literally posted last week. Okay, sorry. Don't, don't be hating <coughs> when you don't have the information from the source. Sorry, Paul. So, yes. Follow us on the Instagrams. Uh, or send us an email at... Shifting Gears Podcast at gmail.com, which is S H I F T N Gears Podcast. Uh, it'll all be in the link in the description of the podcast that you'll be listening to. Uh, send us a message. Let Seriously, us know. send us, leave us a review. Out to us. Tell we us want, what, how to make us better. We want to know 
what you think about our criteria on what makes a good car. Or if you have any car questions, car ponderings, other things. You need to buy a car. Deep, deep life scenarios you want to talk about. You know, philosophy. We're down. So, uh, in closing, that's all we got. Our cars are adequate. Not amazing. They're good. We drive good cars. I'm going to go with adequate. And uh, that's all we got. Uh, you got anything else? Nope. Well, keep shifting the gears. Keep shifting the gears. See you guys. Bye.